This is the Drive-In Podcast, episode 29, take one. Hello and welcome to the 29th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. Today we have an express checkup with Dr. O, breaking down the latest news in the movie industry. We have our special review of the long-awaited Snyder Cut, aka Zack Snyder's Justice League. And we have our top billing of movie basketball players. So use the bathroom now, grab your popcorn, and enjoy the 29th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. Good evening, boys. How are we doing today? Incredible. I've been waiting for this episode since we started this dang podcast. I think it's around, I think it's when we started to blog and then right before we had debuted our first episode that the announcement of the Snyder Cut was coming. Uh, the day is finally here. We're going to debut our review on YouTube as well as the podcast. I'm excited to do this express checkup too. I'm going to feel like Walter Cronkite back in the 60s. It's going to be epic. Oh, God, yeah. This is like the biggest day so far in the Drive-In Podcast history and looking forward to the future days. But this is definitely going to be the biggest day so far, but the biggest day in the near future as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I honestly think it goes back to our Weekend Wise Guys uh, days, Dr. O, mm. um, when I think we reviewed, reviewed the original Justice League that came out, completely ripped it apart. And it all has led us up to this moment where we have uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, the hashtag Snyder Cut. The people got what they wanted, and it is time. It is time to review that movie, except it's not. We're going to have a lot of stuff to talk about this movie and that's why today we're doing an special express checkup with dr o so i'm going to throw it over to dr o dr o of the drive-in podcast check us out let's check the audiences up bringing you the latest news in the movie industry this is the checkup with dr o dr o check us out so, Ace Ventura 3, apparently it's happening, right? At Amazon with Sonic the Hedgehog writers. It's going to be uh, from Amazon, as I said before. Jim Carrey is expected but not confirmed to return. Uh, we haven't seen that character since the mid-90s. It's giving, up, uh, giving us a lot of Coming to America vibes, like Dumb and Dumber 2 vibes, right? But Ace Ventura 3 is happening. Jim Carrey not confirmed to return. Uh, moving along with the checkup, we have Adrian Brody set to play Pat Riley in the HBO series of the Showtime Lakers. Uh, along with Brody, the show is going to star John C. Riley as Jerry Buss, Jason Clark as Jerry West, Quincy Isaiah as Magic Johnson, along with a slew of other unknown actors that will be playing figures such as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, Norm Nixon, we have Irvin Johnson Sr., we have Donald Sterling, Michael Cooper, uh, along with uh, Cookie Kelly, who becomes Magic Johnson's wife. Along with the, along with that news, we have Jamie Foxx set to play uh, Mike Tyson in a biopic series. We uh, initially had reported this as a upcoming movie directed by Antoine Fuqua. This will now be a series that's set to be executive produced by the one and only Martin Scorsese. How are ya? 
And then wrapping up uh, with the checkup today, we're going to have some DC news to slide us into this review. We have Emerald Fennell from Promising Young Woman set to pen the upcoming Bad Robot production, Zatanna, for DC and Warner Brothers. This goes under the umbrella of the rest of the Bad J.J. Uh, Abrams produced DC movies that are set and shows that are set to debut uh, following the Snyder cuts. And then we have some very disappointing Snyder cut news. We have Warner Media CEO Anne Sarnoff shooting down any Snyder cut sequel plans. Uh, she was quoted as saying, we're very happy we've done the Snyder cut, but we're very excited about the plans we have for all the multidimensional DC characters that are being developed right now. Uh, Sarnoff also confirmed that there will be no development of a Suicide, Su- suicide Squad air cut. All right, some disappointing news to end this Express checkup, but that's what's going on in the industry. Let's throw it back to Nez. You've just been checked up by Dr. O. Wow. I, I just have to say I'm very impressed by how quickly you got through all of that. Um, and I am a little disappointed that there isn't a sequel, but uh, I'll tell you why in just a minute. It's officially time, guys. It's officially time to review Zack Snyder's Justice League. The Snyder Cut is here. Any comments before we just like dive straight into this? I'm ready to go. Let's just I'm dive ready. in. We've been waiting a long time for this moment. All right, let's do it. Our review of the week is Zack Snyder's Justice League, the hashtag Snyder Cut. Uh, The original one being released back in 2017, only to be re-released under Snyder uh, and HBO Max this past weekend. Um, So I I guess let's just start out with some initial thoughts here. Uh, How do we feel about the hashtag Snyder cut. I'm going to go with, uh, let's start with flicks here. Cause he's the biggest Snyder fan in, in, in the pod. Well, wow. I am shocked because it's actually good in my eyes. Like it's actually good. I have had my doubts about the Snyder Snyder verse. Uh, I liked man of steel. I did not like Batman versus Superman. And obviously nobody liked justice league that much. So I did not have high hopes even for a Snyder Cut movie. I, I, it wasn't hard to get past to the 2017 Justice League Cut, that version. So I knew it was going to be better. But to be this much better, I am shocked and gladly shocked. And there goes my alarm. And one last thing before I turn it over to Dr. Rowe is that I am actually really shocked that they actually a lot of the great action scenes in the, in the 2017 version – those were like the only good scenes in that version, and they stayed here in this version. And that's just good to see that still some of Snyder's uh, effects, uh, some of Snyder's uh, creative mindset still had an effect on that one, even though that was a complete failure. Dr. O? So it was an absolute joyride to watch this four-hour film. I think what I like most about it is that it was so different from 2017's Justice League. Everyone kept saying, is it really going to be a whole different story? Is it, are they really going to be introducing these characters in a new way to kind of like, we all knew it was going to end on a cliffhanger. But what I think I liked about it most is that it lived up 
to Snyder's true vision. They didn't try to marvelize it like they did 2017. You could tell based on, right, it's got all Snyder's like elements that he loves in his movies, whether it's like the, the slow, dramatic music he's talking about, the large scale epicness of a movie, almost treating these characters like myth- mythological like beings, right? Um, and I, I just, I am ecstatic that this came, but I am saddened that it's going to, basically live up to nothing in terms of sequels spinoffs because there is so much to dive into with this movie right so many new characters introduced so much teased at the end but i am happy for Zack snyder i'm happy for dc fans there almost feels like a little bit of vindication right based on what snyder was building to back with man of steel batman versus superman and then obviously here comes the snyder cut but I was very satisfied. This is borderline. I'm going to say it's superhero masterpiece. Superhero masterpiece, wow. I would say. That's how good I think this movie is. Naz, what were your initial thoughts? This movie, all right. So first of all, I don't. there's never been like a four-hour superhero movie. So I don't know how you guys watched it, if you watched it all the way through. I, I guess unintentionally watched it in four separate hours. Because I just couldn't get through. I don't have enough time in the day to watch a four-hour movie. He's a busy man, I'm just, folks. I'm just very busy. I'm bouncing all over the place all the time. Um, but listen, I'll say this. I'm thoroughly impressed. I like the movie. I mean, I don't think it's the great – it's not the greatest superhero movie of all time. But wow, he did – honestly, I, I had low expectations. I'm going to be honest. And now I'm blown away. So – Sometimes, guys, it's good to lower your expectations because then, then you can't be disappointed. And I am just enthralled. Mm-hmm. First of all, uh, the way that they put together the story was much better. Uh, I, I, I want to say Cyborg, incredible in this movie. Loved Cyborg in this movie. I, loved, I, I honestly really liked all of them. The only one that kind of got on my nerves a little bit, maybe Aquaman every once in a while. But other than that, um, listen, I'll, it was incredible to watch. Uh, a lot of classic Zack Snyder effects. I do think he uses the 3D slow motion. He kind of abuses that Loves effect. It. Like Loves every it. time Obsessed. anything happens ever, like there's like a 3D like slow motion, like zooming around. Like, but he's mastered it. He does it really mm-hmm. well. So uh, I get why he does it. And, and honestly, um, I'm going to be the first to say this. I know that everybody else has is thinking it though, but Zack Snyder is, a, a, I don't want to say the pr- perfect but he is very a very good director to have for a comic book movie because when you do those slow motion shots those effects that are kind of 3d where you can see it moving it kind it basically create temporarily creates a comic book panel on the screen it's like those stills you know yes exactly exactly and and i think that's what people saw when when they you know, we're signing these petitions and trying to get this guy to direct this justice league because they saw the vision um, and you know what, guys? I'm starting to come around. I'm starting to see it too. I am. Yeah. I mean, that's big. If Nez is saying he's coming around to it, like this is a guy who is like, I mean, we've all trashed like Zack Snyder's previous movies. But I mean, I couldn't agree more. I guess I think one place we could start is like one major difference between the Snyder cut and the theatrical version is the treatment of the character of Cyborg. I think Cyborg was someone that was mistreated in the initial uh, theatrical release. We know Ray Fisher has had his uh, disagreements with Warner Brothers and specifically DC. Uh, but and I seem I think it seems 
in the 2017 version, we didn't get enough backstory on Cyborg. He was new to the team and almost felt like he was a little rushed and pushed into the team rather than like that buildup you see with like classic Marvel movies to a team up. He was kind of just thrown in there. And then this movie though, they give him the backstory. They give him the emotional weight of the movie, I would say. And there's, there's multiple sure. like variations of emotional weight. We can go Barry Allen with his relationship with his dad. Right? We, we see that in the end scene too. But I think Cyborg, he was, as Zack Snyder said, the heart of this movie. And I've done a complete 180 on my thoughts on Ray Fisher. His performance in this movie was awesome. I thought he was sick, right? Um, and I, I honestly... I'm disappointed that we don't get to see like that uh, intended cyborg movie now or that miniseries or his team up with the flash. Like everything was teased in this movie and it looks so awesome. And he, the treatment of the characters by Snyder was so accurate that it just makes me sad that we're not going to see it. It's just, it's so disheartening. I'm going to yeah. make a bold prediction here. We're going to see it. <laughs> oh, that's that, bold. That is bold. I don't how bo- how how bold is it? Because we Ray just Fi- watched we just watched a four hour movie that fans so, that f- the fans got the right. fans got this movie the right. fans got and... this, made the Snyder cut happen. So if people are receptive to it and they like it, so that's just a studio head or whatever. Just just they're they're like no, we don't want this because we've already budgeted for all these other movies, right? But mm-hmm. then circle back here, people are lo- loving this movie. If people are wanting more, they're clamoring. They start running those petitions no. again. And guess what? Now it's not just Zack Snyder fans. Now it's people who are Justice League fans. Now it's people who are like, wow, we watched mm-hmm. that Snyder cut and we want more. Those petitions, they pick up a little bit of steam. Those petitions pick up some steam. Literally. Twitter gets, you know, fully backed. Zach yeah, Snyder. so it was yeah, hashtag let me just jump the in Snyder here. cut. Right. I'm going to restore right. the Snyderverse. I'm jumping in here. All right, so. I think with any other project related to Justice League or DC, it's going to, like, I think there's a chance, obviously, after the Snyder Cut even happening, I think a Snyder, the only thing that's a no chance whatsoever is a Cyborg series or movie. Ray Fisher. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. yeah that's, that's, but that's the whole point of that rent. I think that's literally never going to happen after the issues that have gone on after the, 20, after the production of the 2017 theatrical version. I just don't think that will ever happen between Warner Brothers and Ray Fisher. But I, I echo your guys' thoughts. I thought Cyborg was actually really good. And that whole story actually made sense in the 2017 mm-hmm. version. Mm-hmm. Not only did the whole plot didn't make sense, it really didn't make sense because Cyborg's character and backstory in that movie was so sped up and just didn't make sense Not at all. Existed. And it clearly, when Dak Knighter said he's the heart of this movie, obviously because he's the one actually breaking the unity, but right. also with his backstory, he was clearly the main person they focused on with all the different backstories of the characters. Because remember, this movie was supposed to come out after uh, Batman versus Superman, but pre-Aquaman and obviously pre-Flash. So that's why you had the other t- those other two characters having main storylines, uh, main backstories in this. But Cyborg was the main backstory. Now, moving on to a different backstory, I thought Aquaman was the worst out of the bunch. Like uh, I think Nez was saying earlier, his I think his airtime of his backstory. We already saw his solo movie, so I feel kind of bad saying this because we because we it was kind of just redundant seeing it again, and it was before obviously the solo movie. But just like the scene with the singing, that was just tough. It was it was tough to watch in the beginning of the movie. So things like that. 
We just didn't honestly need it. Oh, with the uh, the the girl singing as he went in the water. Yeah, that was just. <laughs> that just like it goes to the point I was trying to make. It's like kind of like people hate or like about Zack Snyder in terms mm-hmm. of how he handles superheroes. Like as I said, he treats them like gods. So it's like they're singing this like song. Almost seems like a religious hymn. Like mm-hmm. as he's go, like like they're so grateful that he's gracing with their presence. He's going in the water. They start singing this right. beautiful song. Every it's year, like yeah. what people either like or don't like about Zack Snyder. Personally, mm-hmm. that was annoying. That song stunk. <laughs> Yeah. Like it was terrible but also like like i'm, I'm sorry ricky if i uh i interrupted you a bit here but no, like go, in go, terms go. of like the music and what i was getting a little me like a little annoyed was wonder woman every time she did oh, something God. it was like i felt like i was at the end was the end of gladiator you know with that music that was playing it's like the oh, 300 like, like the, <laughs> yeah, yeah it gets like, so hyped no i'm just like no, i but it I'm got like, annoying but it was like every time it was overkill it was overkill she, i was gonna say yeah. did she did she pay off the guy that that wrote the score because she's the only i'm she's the only person that i could i knew like her theme every time she came on the screen every time she did anything just oh, oh, oh like, <laughs> yeah and you just see her just like but it was actually i got hyped when that happened she has the best music by far and it got used a lot yeah oh it's I definitely like the it. best music I, I like i don't know if it was the best music like for her but like but it, i did the like only the only one i could the only memorable one it, no. like what oh, go ahead flex sorry yeah let me, let me jump in I, I just, so no. Well, I think Superman was also pretty clear with him. Uh, but mm-hmm. going back to the Wonder Woman and just the music in general, there were some moments where in this movie where the music was on point. The be- like the music in the Wonder Woman scene in the beginning was on point. So it was the first time you heard it. The scene in the the fir- first scene with the Flash actually using his superpowers saving Iris West. That music was on point. But then it was either overkill or it was just the tone was off like with the music selections at some points Mm -hmm. and in a slow movie like that, you really want to keep with the tone. So people don't turn it off and things like that. Obviously it's a superhero movie that has insane action sequences. So no one's going to turn it off, but still I, that really just threw me off a little bit, not just the overkill, but just also the music selection at points, but at other points, perfection. Yeah. So like, I like the the flash scene. I low key was one of my favorite parts of the movie with he, when him saving, when he saves Iris West. Oh yeah. A lot of people won't like that because it was so unnecessary. Iris West didn't even have a single line, but in terms of like the action sequence, like the song going, him hitting the glass and exploding the way it does. Right. Mm -hmm. You got the Barry Allen infused humor. He's putting the hot dog in his pocket and everything like that. And then the way he wraps his arm, her, like her arms around her to make sure she's safe. It was like, really pure it was like a great moment um but there's other times like aquaman like in the original justice league where they got icky thump bumping he's smashing a bottle of uh, jack daniels or whatever that's sick i like that but then they kind of added like a like a like it goes with the epicness of aquaman so they kind of were like uh change they changed it up a bit but i couldn't agree more junkie xl absolutely murders this that wonder woman scene um where they where it's her, basically her introduction when those those terrorists are infiltrating that museum or whatever and they endanger those kids that music change just set everything right at the beginning of the movie the tone change this is gonna have right and when i saw that i'm like this is a different movie this like literally it showed how much yes a score can affect a movie and i know that's like one of nez's favorite aspects of movies and i couldn't agree with that aspect more um to go on and th- uh, to a different tangent here uh, regarding the movie a big uh, part of it, a difference, and a lot of people, a lot of complaints uh, being made right now is the runtime. Four hours long. Do you think a four-hour runtime help or hurt this movie, Nez? 
I think it I think it helped it. I think that this I mean all the things that they had to get through in this movie they they needed. Now, did it need to be a 4-hour movie? No. Could it have been a 4-hour uh you know epic in two parts? Perhaps. Could they have released plan. it on H- could they yeah, could they have released it on HBO Max as a 4-hour uh, you know, miniseries with with one hour episodes, perhaps. But I think all in all, the fact that there's four hours of movie or content, Scorsese would not like me to say that, but content. Oh, you know, you needed that. There's so much, and and honestly, it could have been longer. There's so much yeah. stuff that they had to get through. They have to get through a bunch of different origin stories. They have to get through Superman coming back and not remembering and, and, and attacking the Justice League. And then they have to, you know, and, and they didn't even, they barely just scratched the surface with Darkseid, right? Because he's, a, he, you know, they're setting him up for another, for another movie that may or may not be coming. But um, I do see, I understand the criticism. It's a four-hour movie. But at the same time, this is a four-hour movie that was supposed to be two two-hour epics. So honestly, like I'm, I, while it was tough to get through for me and I had to watch it, you know, four different times, I understand why you needed it because I mean, I'm okay with it. Like I'll take it. My biggest problem with Batman versus Superman is they tried to fit like what, two, three comics into one movie. And, and, and it it all just went way too fast. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, this happened. And Batman and Superman fought, but now they're teaming up together and we're starting the justice league. And it was just like, what? Yeah. So I hated that. So then this, they needed, they actually needed to focus on like, like bringing the justice league together. Yeah. Think about Marvel. I mean, they did how many movies before they did the Avengers. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know, DCEU had what? Two, three movies before they, before justice league. Yeah. Basically two. So they needed this. They needed this like huge runtime. They needed a huge chunk of movie so that they could just pull this off. They needed this huge runtime to execute, Snyder's vision for his Snyderverse. They needed that runtime or that runtime for that. And his original plan, like we just mentioned, was two movies for this. So he was also still trying to fit in two movies into this movie. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, another thing I want to say is that if this was, if this, when this got announced, the Snyder Cut was happening, right? If we were actually going to get one, if this was announced as it was going to be four uh, one hour parts, I think there wouldn't be any backlash to it. I don't think we wouldn't even be talking about it. We would be talking about, oh, did it actually work? Did the transition work from episode to episode, these once-a-week things, uh, once-a-week uh, episodes or parts? I don't think it would get this backlash or negativity towards it. Uh, and you can watch it in parts. So there shouldn't right. be this much backlash about it. And then finally, uh, just quickly, this is really a three-and-a-half-hour movie. The, the epilogue is a half-hour, 25 yeah, it's minutes. It's really not connected at and all. To like what Zack happens. Snyder always does this in his movies, and I hate it. He doesn't have a clear distinction of a post-credit scene. It's always like seems like it's a part of the movie. So nightmare, I, yeah. It just like that the Martian Manhunter post-credit scene, but it wasn't said. It wasn't credited as a post-credit that whole, scene. That whole last so, thirty minutes was right. So I hate yeah. people are keep saying it's a four-hour movie. It's really three and a half. I know it's still wicked long. And if they cut down on the slow-motion scenes, it could have been three hours, maybe two and a half. But mm-hmm. uh, I just want to say like it was really <laughs> three and a half. You know. Literally, no, with I, I get it. Yeah, no, you're 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 totally right about that. I mean, the the epilogue was yeah. extremely long, but mm-hmm. arguably the best part of the movie. It was. Sad. <laughs> I was a little confused because, like, uh, listen, I'm not I'm not that well versed in the in the com in the the comics, but um, I was like, oh wow, they defeated Steppenwolf, but wait, there's like 
45 minutes left in the movie. Oh man, is this when Darkseid comes out and they fight him too? Right. And then it's like, no, this, so fans long, are drawn, this long drawn out epilogue. But really, honestly, it was like, it was pretty sick. Like, so first of all, the, the last fight was epic. They straight up a lot alley-ooped. better. Wait, hold on. Um, spoilers, right? I'll, yes, I'll, yes. I'll, this is all spoilers. Yeah, it's all watch yeah, the I'll Snyder put it, cut. We're going to put it. Yeah, watch the Snyder cut. It'll be in the thing. All right. They straight up alley oop Steppenwolf. <laughs> it was Aquaman, so much better than 2017. Aquaman to Wonder Woman. Oh, <laughs> put your head. Bang. And then a dark side just squashing Steppenwolf. Yeah. Head. Like, that was brutal. awesome. He but, um, it was unbelievable. I wanted to say something about the runtime before we move, move away from it. Okay, but yeah. I think it would have been better if they announced it as a series because people yes. have expectations of once you say it's a movie, everyone's going to sit down for four hours and watch it. And then they're at the, at the end, they're going to say this was long AF, right? That's just yeah. what was going to happen. So why not make it was initially going to be this. And I think it was Snyder's like request, make it a movie. But as a filmmaker, I understand that he wants to do that, but at the same time, it's a great decision to have four hours, no matter if it's a series or a movie, because as Ricky Flick said, it kind of explains his vision. A lot of decisions made from Batman versus Superman are justified in this movie, right? Yes. So it's like that, that backstory with Lex Luthor and like the mother boxes with mm-hmm. Steppenwolf. That scene is not in Batman versus Superman. It was released months later as a deleted scene and they said yes mm-hmm. this is canon right this is what happens and then like when you see batman versus superman the first time you see him you see uh bruce wayne right confronting lex luther in prison saying like oh the bells have rung trying to refer to dark side like dark side's coming but like in the when you watch batman versus superman you're like i mean what does that mean but then you right. find out this is the whole reason like that interaction is the whole reason ben affleck creates his team and so it's like it's just the way and then like having superman's death connect to the mother boxes the way it didn't do injustice lattice yell of all time all of this is coming together because of this long runtime because Zack snyder doesn't have to worry about uh do i have to fit this in what is the studio gonna cut out okay i could just make my movie the way i want and Mm -hmm. if he's able to do that with a sequel for justice league on hbo max i think we could be looking at something incredibly special and that's why this this ceo of warner media is an absolute doofus for announcing that there's not going to be a sequel the monday after you release the dang movie just say you don't know just say you don't know why ruin the hype around it this is the this is the height of the dceu craze right now this is the height superhero craze besides yeah end game like this is the height yeah i mean i mean just wait the Snyder, the Snyder army is going to mobilize, and and let's go. Everything will. We everything will join you. Or slash we are I, I will. I will join you. I will join you. I will, will join I will, us. I will join the Snyder fans, and I will. I, I will. I want a sequel to this so bad. Yes. So bad. No, are you kidding me? So when they just ended that, it's insane. It's insane how after those CEOs comments within the hour, there were a hundred thousand tweets about the Snyder cut. Oh yeah. And, like within the hour, that's that's more than any other like event within like the hour in the movie uni- superhero universe of uh, trending wise. Like that's insane. Within the hour, a hundred thousand like, tweets. This this movie was the one time that the that literally Warner Brothers satisfied right the DC fans in terms of announcements, in terms of anticipation for a movie. Ever since Zack Snyder was kind of pushed away a little bit from Justice League, obviously he was he like he had he had a, uh, his his family tragedy with Autumn, Autumn. and everything. You saw at the end of the Justice League Zack Snyder's version, it says for Autumn, but this was rejuvenated, right? 
the fan base. And then like what at literally their peak after this, you're just going to shut them down like that. And you know, they're going to come after you, but that's all I'll say about that. What I do want to go to is um, I want to talk about dark side. We brought uh, Nick brought him up briefly. He did not even get a name drop in the 2017 version of justice league. When Josh Whedon took over, obviously cut out of the film. So boys, what did we think of dark sides uh, portrayal here by actor Ray Porter? Uh, Flicks, we'll start with you. Oh, well, starting with the portrayal, I guess. I thought he was great. I don't really know him, but I thought Darkseid was menacing, intimidating, just literally darkness. He was amazing. Um, and also, I just want to say, it makes sense. Like, Steppenwolf, hit the inclusion of Darkseid makes Steppenwolf look that much better. Not just on screen. He does look a lot better. But he, Steppenwolf now also makes sense because you, when you watch this 2017 cut before seeing this, you just could tell that there's something missing here. He like he's the big bad, but the story doesn't make sense. You could tell, mm-hmm. and that's what made made that movie also uh, not as good because you always need a strong villain. And he's 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 obviously strong, but this movie makes him look a lot stronger. And also, you get that backstory, a deeper story for Steppenwolf because of Darkseid being involved, because of the interactions with the Sod throughout the movie. And I thought, I, I honestly, I wanted more Darkseid. Who doesn't, right? But it made sense. His screen time as of right now, it made or in the movie at right now at the time, it does make sense. And I, even though I wish I saw him more, he was sick when he was in it, and it makes sense the amount of time he was in it. Steppenwolf, kind of a scrub. Dude, he dominates. He's a failure. For Superman, dude, can we do- wait? Wait, sorry. Can we just talk about this for a second? He after Earth. He was going to have to defeat or take down 50,000 50, more worlds? Are you kidding me? Yeah. yeah. 50,000! I mean, that, that's, why, that's why he done messed up, man. Like, he done yeah. messed up. Whatever Do not betray Darkseid. He done messed up. But well, Nez, he, is it be, isn't it because he failed last time? Is that not why? He betrayed uh, Darkseid. Yeah. Oh, he betrayed Darkseid. But I don't think it went into too much detail. That's why I wrote a blog about spinoffs we need to see. Mm-hmm. Like that would a be prequel great. series with Darkseid on his deteriorating relationship with Steppenwolf would be amazing. Mm-hmm. But, yes. uh, Nez, what did you think of Darkseid in this movie? Darkseid, I thought, was cool. I mean, there's a big bad, right? We, we have like a, big, like a big, big bad. We have something to look forward to. We have mm-hmm. a little bit. And, and it's good. They did that little bit of – they kind of teased him, right? He's like this very powerful person. It's kind of weird, I guess, when you look at like the plot itself. Like, why can't you just like attack? Like, you're right there, just like attack. But, like, at the <laughs> That's what I was thinking at the end of the movie. Just like fight him, just do jump, yeah. jump over the line. That's what I thought I was gonna like, okay. Oh, Superman right, goes and they close the portal. Oh, yeah, but um, ultimate cliffhanger. Oh yeah, no, no, that that's gonna that see that's a story that that I would like to see. But anyways. Uh, dark side. No, I, I like how it's kind of mysterious. He's kind of ominous and he's definitely, he seems very all powerful and, uh, and sketchy. And then also, you know, I think it plays into his, his, his lore, his, his, you know, the, the power of his character. When you do these, these after credits or the epilogue where it's like this, like doomsday apocalyptic scenario, like Mm -hmm. that's pretty sick. One thing I do want to say about that scenario though, like. If I'm Batman and it's the apocalypse, like who cares about my identity? Like why? Why am I still dressing like a bat? <laughs> yeah, it's like the end he of the still world. wears the mask. All like his all all of his arch enemies know who he is, and he still wears it. He's, <laughs> he's comfortable dust out of his eyes. That's what he's comfortable in. I guess so. His it makes true identity. Like a bat. It looks great. Wayne, it's Batman. Um, I just wanted to quickly say about Darkseid. I agree with Ricky Flex. 
truly menacing. And I was a little hesitant when initially it was announced that Darkseid was cut out of the movie. It was going to be played by this nobody actor named Ray Porter, but his voice was electric. Like, yeah. it was so good. Perfect. And then, like, the way that Darkseid looked on screen, like, he looked like an unstoppable force. And and people like to make the comparisons to Thanos. Thanos thought he was helping the world, like the helping the universe by what he was doing. Darkseid is just pure evil. That's why he gets me so hyped, or, but also like disappointed that we may not be able to see him like with his full vision, right? With his full apocalyptic universe, using the anti-life equation, having Superman kneel down before him. Like mm. that was just a powerful image in, in of itself. So he was awesome. And, and Steppenwolf. I, we we talked about differences between the 2017 movie and the Zack Snyder's Justice League. Steppenwolf was, was a 10 times better character in this movie. He still is a failure, right? But the action sequences with Steppenwolf, right? When he flexes and the arrows are coming out of yeah. him. So he just flexes and all of a sudden they pop out. He's grabbing horses by the bottom and chucking them yes. with Themyscira. Like that, that whole sick. scene in Themyscira, I was just like, wow, this is 10 so much times better. better than what I saw like during in in 2017 and he just looked physically better like he just like like in terms of cgi it was way 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 improved so steppenwolf awesome and he he even had an emotional backstory him his life living with failure knowing that he has to um live up to dark side's expectations right and if he doesn't he know he has he knows he has hell to pay so big fan of dark side um going on nick nez excuse me brought up the epilogue and the epilogue mm. is being much discussed right now uh on twitter mainly because you have the introduction of many you have cameos i would say of many different dc characters one being martian manhunter another being deathstroke and then finally jared leto's joker okay and so future boys, flash future uh future flash what an amazing costume too that was, sick. That was amazing where it's just full yeah i, I love again right that. he's just keeping the dust out of his eyes i guess but he is running <laughs> pretty fast but i don't even know where to start i think we should start with martian manhunter and we'll, like let's talk about his inclusion in the movie so flicks what do you think about him appearing in the snyder cut okay so i'll start with a positive he looked awesome he looked awesome yeah, he looked my sick. god you're right I love this character in the Justice League animated series, but my God, this was awesome live action. Okay, now to the bad news. One, why in the heck was he in it? Like, non-post-credits, non-epilogue. Like, made no sense. To visit Lois, I know they have a history, like him, his real life, uh, him as a general, human-wise. Yeah, yeah, Harry Lennox. Uh, But, like, as a reporter-general like relationship, like, very odd. Um, And then... The post credit scene, just terrible diet, like terrible script writing, screenwriting, terrible. Like, mm-hmm. and the, the the really the one that pops out to me is, oh, by the way, people call me Martian Manhunter. Like, if to make it like flow so better, me. yeah, you could just say, <laughs> you could just have Bruce Wayne go. So, what do people call you? Or like, what's your name? Like, the general introductions. Like, what? Yeah. Like, why so you what are you down? Yeah. Some kind of Martian manhunter. It's like it's like <laughs> Star Lord in Guardians of the Galaxy telling people his name is Star Lord. But not <laughs> as a joke, dude. Yeah. If some guy, if some guy walked up to me and was like, "Hey, people call me Martian Manhunter," I'd be like, "That's cool, dude. I'm calling the police." You <laughs> like, could have said John, and, and another, or <laughs> be like, you could call me whatever. I don't know. They don't. It, I, I guess they they want because they wanted people. They wanted to make it clear. But also, but it, another thing is, this guy's like, by the green. And it was skin. odd. Like, if it wasn't, if he wasn't in the movie earlier, 
it would have been so much better because they'll be like, whoa, Martian well, no, Manhunter. They, they, show, yeah, they, show, yeah. they show him like turn into Martian Manhunter then too. No, I'm saying if he, if that was his first scene wasn't. in the movie. No, 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 no. I'm saying like after like he talks with Lois Lane. Yeah. He has the red no. eyes, but then he turns into Martian Manhunter. That's what I'm saying. So I'm oh, saying. Sorry. So, okay. Just to be clear. I'm saying if he wasn't in the movie at all before oh. the post credit scene, that scene would have been so much better in a true post credit scene where you go, holy crap. That movie really like went over the top there. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I see yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Another thing, like this, this guy just shows up at, at Bruce Wayne's house or whatever, Batman, and he's just like flying up, and he's just like, "What's up, dude? I got powers. Like, I want to join the Justice <laughs> League." And Batman's just like, "Yeah, sure, dude. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, that's fine. You could do it." Like, dude, if the man I, what, can, can fly can, and he's green, come on now. Can, and, can anybody just show up and be like, yeah, I uh, spit acid. Uh, can I join the Justice League? And Batman <laughs> would probably just be like, yeah, I yeah. believe you. I'll tell you, we could take any, all the help we can get. Right. Like, so in, like it, it was kind of weird. He was just like, oh, you, okay, you want to help? Yeah, fine. Yeah, like, whatever. So, so in terms of like a pure movie, like, look, if I'm not like, wearing hockey pads. If, <laughs> <laughs> if we're not, <laughs> that's going to hit the trailer. But if you're not looking at it, as a superhero movie, you're just looking at a pure movie. You're like, what the heck is this? Right? So this is like what kind of separates a regular movie from a Snyder cut. He knows he's trying to please the DC fans. This Enter, is like what baby. he promised. Like he, he notices I'm probably not going to be able to make a second movie. I'm going to hint at what potentially could have been there. Right? I'm going to bring in Martian Manhunter for a scene. I'm going to show you what he was going to look like. Right? He, he apparently shot a John Stewart scene as Green Lantern in his backyard that Warner Brothers forced him movie. to cut. But I think that and there was no background towards Martian Manhunter. You have no idea why he's on Earth. You don't know why he wants to help out Bruce Wayne. All he says is, I have a stake in this world, but you don't know how he got to Earth in the first place. So, once again, Snyder Cut might not get a sequel, but if we want to get a potential spinoff here on HBO Max, I wouldn't hate a little Martian Manhunter prequel series. Right? I yes, wouldn't mind that. Up. How did he get there? Provide some context Ooh, here. Help us go. out. You know? That would be so, a great series. I'm all in on that. Um, Let's move on to uh, – let's talk about some Deathstroke, right? Deathstroke initially had a cameo at the end of 2017's Justice League. Uh, he basically was in it with Lex Luthor after Lex Luthor broke out of prison. And then Lex Luthor offers, offers him an opportunity to join him for uh, – to help make up the Legion of Doom, right? Or the Injustice League, either one you want to call them. So in the Snyder Cut, we have – Lex Luthor inviting Deathstroke to his ship, his yacht, after he breaks out of prison and instead offers up Batman's secret identity, right? Uh, and then it really doesn't mention uh, the fact that uh, they were they plan on making a Legion of Doom, right? It's basically right. supposed to lead into the Batman solo movie with Affleck versus Joe Manganiello. So, boys, what did you think about Deathstroke's look in the film, his appearance, his cameo? Flicks, what were your thoughts? Yeah, no, I thought he looked phenomenal. Like, he looks like Deathstroke, uh, a live-action Deathstroke. Really cool to see. Joe Manganiello, like, looks the part. But in fact, of the context here, there's no mention of Legion of Doom, so that was disappointing, even though you kind of can infer it. But the big disappointment was, like, I wasn't expecting this type of news to be released, as I'm just not, like, that wasn't in the comics or anything. And I don't know, with the identity of a superhero... I kind of like that staying true to the comics. I know I'm sounding like a homer, but like, I just didn't like that myself. And especially with the dysfunction around Batman versus Superman and how Jesse, uh, sorry, Lex Luthor uh, found out about Bruce Wayne being Batman, being Batman. 
and wasn't that clear in the actual non-ultimate cut, but the theatrical version. I just didn't like that. And again, I'm not going to critique it to my overall score of this movie at all because I'm looking at the epilogue as like a separate thing. That's just that's what I'm doing. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to critique it that much. Okay. Uh, personally, man, I, he looked awesome. We all knew he looked awesome. He looks like he would play a superhero, supervillain, meaning Joe Mangianello there regarding him. Um, I personally, there seemed to be like a big craze when like there was that test footage that came out for Ben Affleck's solo movie. I think Ben Affleck posted on Instagram. It was literally, it's like Deathstroke, like a, like a screen test for the character. And people love Deathstroke. He seems like to be a modern Batman villain. Like I'm more with the traditional, like the Riddlers, like the obviously Joker, Penguins, all those. Deathstroke seems like, yeah, he's kind of came up in like the 90s and early 2000s. He's been a very much a newcomer in terms of a fan favoritism. So it was cool to see him. He basically, for those who don't know, uh, he's basically Deadpool, but just isn't funny. (laughs) <laughs> you know, but he's he, very like, serious. He, he can't grow back stuff though. He's human. You know, he's got the same skills, has swords mm-hmm. and everything. Uh, so he doesn't have the same exact powers. But uh, Deadpool is a ripoff, technically, of Deathstroke. Yeah. So similar uh, to, I, I I just don't also like I didn't I don't know if I trust Joe Manganiello as the main antagonist of a Batman movie. Like mm-hmm. that's, that seems like a that's like a bold stretch to there too. But uh, if it meant more Batfleck, like, I would have been down. He looked great with the Mohawk and the apocalyptic scene. I wonder if that I I I, I know that was shot post uh. 2017 that was that was one of the reshoots right with the yeah. nightmare scene so i wonder what his actual plans for deathstroke uh were at that point but i think it's almost just like giving joe manganiello another shot because he probably won't get another chance to play this role and we uh, and i think snyder knows it means a lot to him similar to i think what we're gonna just go next is joker i think that's basically the same what we could uh, transition uh, to uh, terrible laugh <laughs> like the, do you want to jump to that laugh. You want to jump to that? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I, that laugh was horrendous. I (laughs) I don't know. Dr. O, I just thought about what you just said. That that does make sense. But still, if this is your last time, put it on the makeup. You got to, I don't know. You got to do better. Give me something more. Yeah. You got to do better than that. And, what he actually said, as in like the reach around comment, like, come on. Like, yeah, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, uh, so (laughs) other than, (laughs) yes. And there's a couple I, I, I other. I rewinded it. I was like, "What the heck did he yeah. just say?" It was just some of it's just odd. But in the end, I still watched that scene three times. <laughs> like, even though I didn't really particularly love Leto, uh, that Joker uh, in this, I still watched it three times because of the context and the importance of a Batman Joker being on the screen together at the same time, and actually what was being said, like Joker talking about uh, Jason Todd, like. And Batman talking about Harley Quinn and saying, I will effing kill you. Make no doubt. Yeah. That that was awesome. So I guess Batman, I guess Batman killing people doesn't really, like, it's not, as long as they're like, if they're parademons, he can kill them. And if it's the, if it's the Joker, he could, he could kill him or he's going to kill him. him. (laughs) Yeah. But like, I I don't know, but it was, I I, I mean, it was sick. It was intense. I'm all for it. Go for it, Batman. Kill people. Right. I don't care what the comic, what the comic crazy comic people think, or or you know what I mean. Well, I was like, well, this. he doesn't kill people in the comics. Well, who? Well, guess what? Ben Affleck kills people in the comics. Okay. Well, I'll you got your this. Snyder cut. 
I'll also say this about Joker is that he had an all-time spin zone where he goes, like, everyone around you dies. How about you die and save some lives? Like, that was an all-time spin it's zone. A, it's a big-time foreshadow for the that was a, Yeah. That was quite the jab. Yeah, that was an all-time spin that was, zone. That was, yeah. I love that. I was going to say, in terms of, like, I, I talked about it before, how this is, like, a superhero epic. And what I mean by that, too, it's, like, it, as it's mm-hmm. supposed to be. It's an absolute crowd pleaser for the fans. That conversation between Batman and Joker is so damn juicy. Like, it has all, everything you want between the Batman and Joker, where you're talking about the details of their relationship, how they basically can't live without one another, but they're also talking about one of the most important comic book arcs like aspects of their relationship Mm -hmm. which is joker murdering right his adopted son which is like something that the fans have been waiting to see for literally decades since the comic came out and the fact that we were teased that little bit like i even blogged about it i think that we need like a death in the family like mini series that like where it's like we lead the leading up to right the joker killing robin like that was just it was just hearing that that made me want to rewind the scene and hear it multiple times try and see like oh did i miss something here but i thought that was awesome did it's not full redemption for leto it's one scene but people mm-hmm. are hailing it as one of the best interactions between joker and batman let's not forget the interrogation scene in the dark knight that's all i have to say yeah and also i thought it was interesting in the nightmare scene with joker how he mentioned he foreshadowed the nightmare at, like the future like of Snyder's vision with like Lois Lane being an integral part and like dying and Batman letting her die and causing all of this. And I think that's the whole problem with Zack Snyder and his vision is that everything's relying on the next. I know we've discussed that before and this is just another example. And now CEO Warner media CEO saying it's not going to be another one. So just another cliffhanger, an actual cliffhanger that we might never get, but that's why we have the internet folks. And we're going to restore this Snyderverse. Good point. I can't believe I'm, jo- I can't believe I'm joining, joining this. I can't <laughs> believe I'm going to be. I used to think that those people were obnoxious, ridiculous, like, like, like you're living in a fantasy land. And they literally got a studio to come out with a movie because they wanted it to, to happen. Plenty of like, seats that's at inc- the table. Plenty that's incredible. That was incredible. And you know what? To the Snyder fans, I will fight with you. <laughs> I will fight with you to make Justice League 2 happen. Yes, we, we are on the wagon. Um, as we wrap up this review, I also want to like bring up, I brought up a couple ideas for any spinoffs, but what do you guys want to see um, as a potential project stemming from this movie, no matter what Warren Media says? Um, so, Flix, do you have an idea on the top of your head, anything you want to see? Well, we've mentioned, I think, three great ones, as in Death in the Family yes. type uh, Death and Family type miniseries or movie, movie preferably for that one. Martian Manhunter will be unbelievable in any form. Preferably, I think a series would be great for him since he wasn't a main Justice League here. There's already a Green Lantern in the works. And then I think the main one for me is Dark Side, whether it's prequel, whether it's involving his first visit to Earth with that action sequence we saw with Zeus and Ares throwing lightning bolts at him and like, all I the thought Green that was Lantern. Gerard Butler for a sec. Right? It looks like... like I thought it was like, this is a 300 throwback. And that, exactly, yeah, he knows exactly. exactly what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So either a prequel or something with Darkseid. It's got a Steppenwolf side story with him about his portrayal. Something. We need more Darkseid. I think those like the main ones coming from this. I, I won't say anymore, so you guys have a couple here. But Darkseid with me, for me. I know Ava DuVernay uh, is... is 
um, supposed to be making a new gods movie. So I wonder, I, you have to assume dark side is going to be in that, but I don't think it's going to be Ray Porter's dark side. That's the mm-hmm. only thing, but uh, Nez, what are you looking forward to? What do you want to see the most? I, I would say, I want to see, I want to see Ben. I want to see a not old Batman. Like the Batman that we got in this, in this DCEU in the Snyder verse or whatever is, is old. And he's been fighting crime for 20 years. I want to see him fight crime 15 years ago. Like, I want to see, I want to see that. I want to see Alfred uh, in like a Batman solo movie. I know we're getting a Batman solo <laughs> You're movie. You're in with, luck. With, yeah. with, with, <laughs> with Batson. No, but I want to see Affleck. I want to see Batfleck again. Yeah. Uh-huh. Jeremy Irons. I do. Looked, was pretty good. He, looked, this, by he the way. looked younger at the end of the movie. He looked younger. This whole, yeah, he did. This whole thing, though, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm watching it and I'm just like, dang, I wish, I wish Ben Affleck got his own a batman movie before this i mean and that's that's the whole issue there should have been more movies before they even got to justice league they were trying to catch up with that you know we've been over it a million times they're trying to catch up with marvel but uh i think that this universe could have used a ben affleck batman movie um and i would just like to see it i don't care about the timing right okay boys i think it's time to throw out some scores what do you say uh flex what are you what are you giving Zack snyder's justice league so we've been hailing this the entire time and now like i didn't say enough drawbacks of my drawbacks to it so i feel like my score is going to be like totally completely different from what we've been saying but Mm -hmm. i gave this a 78 i think this is a great movie but it does have some flaws in it like we mentioned the dialogue right just for one there's just some that is just like kind of ridiculous here Gal Gadot being one of them. Like, I don't belong to anybody when I wasn't even referring to her. Just stuff like that. I belong just... to no one. And I think, I do think the comic relief, even though you do <laughs> need some, said. right. Um, you do need the comic relief in a four hour movie, but like Batman, way too much. Like, I have six satellites. The Flash. And the Flash. A little overkill no, thought, with the I Flash Batman's... as well was good time but why is he doing it too hard to be but funny it's batman he like at the end in the epilogue he's lost his parents literally murdered in front of him no his adopted i get it son his he is like he like batman was not dark darkness, enough at all at all batman he's gotta have faith enough. to and when they're about gotta to, have faith like, that's, that's, him reaction, only that's him reacting to the death of superman and him rising again that's like that's different like, well, like, you can't no. be sad all the time well, just because your parents die. I know, but, but he was way too happy-go-lucky for Batman. That's why emo and mysterious. It was it was nothing compared to 2017's Justice League. That was a whole different story. That is, yeah, just that was disgusting. What I saw on screen. This is nothing like that. But all right, so I thought Batman was here. about to break out into song and dance. Just a couple other things, Lois Lane. <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't love Lois Lane in this. Didn't love her. Sorry. I thought there were a lot of. I thought there were other scenes, like the football scene with Wisconsin, and I thought that was just utter ridiculous. That was just terrible. I thought just it's kind of god awful, you know. Um, and honestly, besides those points, I did really like this movie. I I think seventy eight is just like me not trying to overhype it because it's so much better than the twenty seventeen one. So I don't want to like say, oh, it's a hundred, right? Because it's not the best thing I've ever seen. So I'm just trying to like simmer down my like my excitement for it right now. Cause I've, I've watched this movie twice in 48 hours, like eight hours of, of that has been watching this movie. Wow. So I got to simmer it's it down a little bit. Day. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a little upset and, I, and I'm, I'm not trying, you know, I gave it a 79. I gave it a 79 and I've set very similar gripes. I think, I just think Batman was dark enough. I think, um, 
the flash was just way trying way too hard to be funny and it just like mm-hmm. a, like none Is of the younger guys landed. or they landed and like when they did that i was just like hmm. yeah okay like i would like smirk but like i don't know just just to compare to marvel like star lord will let, have me laugh out loud like i'll laugh out loud to, to to like that i didn't really get those chuckles when they were trying when they were going for them you know and then and then batman is just like got to have faith like woo like i don't know it was just not, set- it, it was and, and but at the same time still a good movie i still mm-hmm. enjoyed it um this is a c plus you got a 79 your your teacher refuses to round it up to a b minus because you know you were acting out in class um as as dc has been and yeah uh, that's my score 79 it was my score before the movie. I just want to say, that's why I gave Rick, uh, Ricky Flicks that look when he gave his score. Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm gonna go with 84. Um, I'm usually the optimist. I would say me and Naz are primarily optimists when it comes to movies uh, in terms of scoring them. But I need to say this was a much more complete story, and that's why I liked it so much. It connected things that weren't explained in the original Justice League. My score might be bumped up because of the failures of the previous Justice League, but I watched this movie twice, just like Ricky Flicks, and I'm confirmed with my like feelings towards it. Um, I thought like your guys' points about like the humor. I, yes, it's not. It's a Zack Snyder movie. You're not like anticipating it to be the funniest thing of all time. I thought Barry Allen was fine. Uh, I didn't think it was that cringy. Uh, I thought Batman was great. Like he, he, it's like a different kind of Batman. All we see as like is for Batman is like him dwelling his parents' death, reacting to his parents' death. We finally have a Batman with a different motive. Like he's trying to build something following the loss of, like basically trying to fix his own uh, problem, his own issue. Like he tried mm-hmm. to kill Superman. Like that's how dark is that? Like, like, <laughs> and then like he literally dies. Like I messed this up. I got to fix this. It's a whole different type of Batman that we're seeing mm-hmm. here. The action was incredible. Steppenwolf was a much improved villain. You have like yeah. the teased big bad that was looming over the movie. The scale of this movie was otherworldly. Like it felt mm-hmm. so big and when you compare it to 2017 with steppenwolf you feel like uh it feels like a generic story this was not a generic story this did, this went then another route that then marvel like this was so different we're also talking r-rated we got language in here we got intense violence like it was way different than like people are trying to make a comparison to like infinity war and Endgame. but i don't even think that's a fair comparison because when you look back at it this is the first time this group of heroes is actually coming together the right comparison would be to the first avengers right that's the first time these heroes are meeting up right 2012 marvel's the avengers and so we instantly compare it to endgame because of the scale of this movie and that just shows you what could have been right for these next two and i love the way like this i mean this whole universe i mean this fan the fandom it was just living up to fan expectations obviously i'm a massive comic book fan so i love what i saw right and it was a good uh, i thought it was a good interpretation of the character yeah. so it was superhero with... porn it was amazing like yeah come on it now. was awesome it was a superhero epic like i'm like i'm yeah. trying to like emphasize and i keep saying oh, art superhero God. art yeah I, I just googled superhero porn and i did not get the justice league <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding i didn't google that that was just a weird uh weird way to frame it <laughs> also uh i know we should round out but one more quick thing with batman they go to the most radioactive place in the in the world and he's not doesn't have anything covering his face or anything that was kind of weird yeah, I didn't even think about that. And, and also, his voice was off like throughout every time he was in the suit. Like, it was I like different. I like that they did it that way because I think it's I I could take him way more seriously when they do the voice effects than like if it's just the but the effects were off. 
But the effects, the effects were awesome. each time. Well, so I was about it was like to a say, little different. I was about to say, it, every time he spoke, he sounded like yeah, it sounded a little different. It was right, it was inconsistent. It, it kind of threw me off a little bit. Also, Go get, we that. we got to give a quick shout out to that flash scene at the end. That's gonna go Ooh. down as one of the best superhero scenes, like at the end of a movie. Like that's like it also had those big moments, and that was one of them. Yes, and uh, it kind of and it also gave like Barry Allen's character something to do other than push a truck. You know, it was it was good. That's because that mm-hmm. was the big problem in mm-hmm. 2017. In my oh, opinion. the Superman, the Superman Flash fight scene, much improved from the 2017 version. That was insane too. With going that super was speed against each other. And oh my god, Superman coming crazy. back and fighting all of them was sick. It was so much better. Yeah, that was one. sick. Well, I do have one issue. I I, I do have another <laughs> issue that that I, that I want to talk about. Aquaman did not even use any of his like aqua powers. He's just flying around with the trident. I thought at some point. Boston Harbor. I thought at some point that they were gonna do so, that he was gonna do some sort of like you know f- like bring some like oh. dolphins to like come come beat up some you know some uh, parademons or whatever. But he didn't really use his like water powers. He's flying around stabbing with the trident, which is cool, mm-hmm. but like. Why not just be Trident Man at that point? Right? I mean, he's Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, you might have to evolve to that character. I guess so. <laughs> but all right, guys, any last final comments before I throw it over to Ricky Flicks for top billing? That's all I got. Thank you, Zach Snyder. Right. It's time for top billing with Ricky Flicks. Take it away. Thank you, Nez. All right. Inspired by March Madness and arguably the best weekend of the year, we have the top billing of basketball movie players. This will be a snake draft style with five picks. Once someone is picked, it is off the board. No repeats allowed. It doesn't include movies. You can repeat movies. So if there's more than one basketball player in the movie, you can pick that movie again, or that character as in picking that movie again, but not allowed to repeat characters. And there's also no picking real basketball players. So we're all thinking it. Michael Jordan is off the board. There's no shot anyone here can take him. But before we get going, do we have any questions? Nez, do you have any thoughts heading into this draft? I'm just excited to get after it, baby. Let's get it. Let's go. I'm a little upset with myself. I missed the cut for brackets this year by about uh, 10 minutes. So uh, I don't have a bracket. I'm not really that invested oh in March Madness. But um, that being said, we are. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna win this draft. Wait, mm-hmm. who won last week's top billing? Oh, Doctor O won last week's top billing. Doctor O won. Uh, yeah. So we have to introduce. Uh, All right. Go- we we'll right. have to introduce our new segment. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll do it at the end then. Brand new segment. Okay, and then Doctor O. Last. Doctor O, your thoughts <laughs> on this top billing? Uh, that'd be Ricky Fox who came in last. But for this, I had the week, best pure draft. I said it. You went. You went full. You went full hardo. That was I the did. issue. You went full hardo. Uh, I mean, going into this draft, I didn't know how to approach it. Whether we were going to be like people playing real former players, like if I was going to go like Bobby Joe Hill from Glory Road or something like that. But I'm excited that this is all fictional, and uh, I'm like right there with Nez. I don't have an emotional investment this, this year with March Madness, mainly because Ohio State lost in the first round, and they were in my Final Four. So uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm out on that now. So I am fully invested in this top billing though, and I'm really upset I didn't get the third overall pick because I had a genius move as a fictional. GM for this basketball uh, 
draft, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to execute that. Well, I think that's interesting because I have the third pick and might as well just get into it now. Nez has the first pick of this draft. Then I will go Dr. Rowe and then myself, Ricky Flicks, and then it'll snake back around five picks, like I said earlier. But Nez, how about you just start us off for the top billing of basketball movie players? There was no other direction I was going in with this. I don't know if this would be your first overall, but I got to go number one overall with Jesus Shuttlesworth, baby. I got to go straight to Jesus Shuttlesworth. Ray Allen, Denzel Washington, he got, uh, he got game. That's an all-time, probably the best basketball movie of all time, hot take. Ooh. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Wow. But, um, I mean, it's, an, it's a timeless classic. A timeless classic and one that I grew up on. Jesus Shuttlesworth, first round pick. I, I I'm kind of thrown off by this first pick. Uh, I don't think with the fact that there's no Michael Jordan available, I don't think there's a clear cut number one. But uh, in terms of like Ray Allen, we're from Connecticut too, and like, like oh yeah, that meaning like that meaning for us. And then also Spike Lee, you got Denzel as his dad uh, and Ray Allen. Like who thought he would be an actor? Like I still like think of him like as the guy for the Miami Heat who hit the game time, the game time shot to send it to overtime against the Spurs, even though like obviously uh, mainly a supersonic and then he's a Celtic. But I mean, great pick. Uh, he definitely deserves to be on this list. First rounder, I think is worthy as well. Uh, might have some character issues, but we won't have to discuss that. Go ahead, folks. All time recruiting visit. <laughs> I'm recruiting visit. That's all I'll say on that. <laughs> but um, oh yeah, I, I will also say no. I think I, I would disagree with Doctor Rowe. I think this is the clear one-one. If we're not doing uh, real, uh, we're not doing real basketball players. I think this is the clear number one. I I I, I really I think yeah. this is the pick. Like for me personally, I would have gone this. That's why I was upset. I didn't get to have the number one pick. But I th- yeah, I think this is a slam dunk personally. But it's Jesus Shuttlesworth. I call myself down the floor on time. His name alone yeah, is like worthy of a one one. Even Den- if he sucked at this. Denzel's performance in that movie also incredible. Incredible. Mm. Yes, yes. He flicks his greatest actor of all time next to Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> well Stuff. don't even bring his name up anymore. Moving on, <laughs> Dr. O, your <laughs> first pick. Your first pick, Dr. Mo. So if we're going like best basketball players like that, like I want on my team, I gotta go Uncle Drew. I got to go Uncle Drew with Kyrie. <laughs> like, like, I have to. And, like, that's even, like, this is just fictional basketball players. Even if the movie was never made, just going on the Pepsi commercials, almost automatic. When those came out on YouTube, they were must-watch. And, I mean, seeing an old guy like that, him with the makeup, right, uh, dangling these defenders, right, draining threes, right, it's like, nifty around the glass. I mean, I have to go Uncle Drew with the, as, like, the best pure player. He's played by Kyrie Irving, obviously. So I got to go that. Yeah, I can't blame you there. I can't. I I can't. And also, it'd just be cool oh, to have yeah. Uncle Drew on your team with those handles. That would be yeah. No, that that's pretty nice. That's pretty convenient. That's a that's that's a great pick. He's actually not on my big board, um, but I I completely understand that pick. That's a that's a, it's Kyrie. It's Uncle Drew, um, and yeah, like I said, it would be great to have an old guy on your team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the the old veteran. <laughs> yeah, some veteran experience. There you go. Oh yeah, exactly. I got the young buck. You got the veteran. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, all right. I'm well, going to be a mentor to Jesus. Mentor to Jesus. All right. Ricky Flicks, myself, I get the third pick. Here, we talked about Michael Jordan was the clear, like, we couldn't get Michael Jordan. So, what's the next best thing? You got to have Michael Jordan in a different form, and that's going to be like Mike Calvin Cambridge. 
That's what it's going to be here. Wow. I'm going to take him with the shoes, obviously. So Calvin Cambridge as my point guard, as my shooting guard, doesn't matter. He's going to be my stud, my Michael Jordan on my team. Nice. I, I It's a good pick. Uh, nostalgia no pick. Uh, yes, no teasing picks. But I'm also thinking a little over-relying on the sneakers. A little over-relying on the sneakers. Yeah, he's yeah. nothing those without those sneakers. Those are going to survive an entire – like, if, if, like, if we were building a franchise, I'm going to have – I'm drafting Calvin Cambridge in the first round. I need his sneakers to stay intact. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, yeah, you're drafting the shoes basically. Your career. Yes. Calvin Cambridge, his biggest shoes. issue, he should have told the organization about – the sneakers, and they would have done everything to keep those intact. Mm, you, yes. No? Yes. Yeah. He should have been up front with the organization about that, and then he would have been better off. Yeah, they easily would have been like – The whole situation at the end, that chaotic part. Yeah, they would have easily been like, okay, we don't care. As long as you still play like Michael Jordan, we will keep you. We don't care about your situation. Yeah. No, but they <laughs> would do something to like, yeah, imagine. Like mm-hmm. an NBA organization knowing that these shoes are the only thing that are keeping their franchise alive, they are going to do whatever they can to preserve them. You're thinking like That's Pat what... Riley right now, just thinking in his head, all right, shoot, oh, shoot, yeah. Jimmy Butler. I'm thinking, shoot, like, shoot. I'm thinking like if a team came in possession of those sneakers, for example, like a, the LA Clippers, I think if the owner knew about it, like a Steve Ballmer, he would just put the shoes on and play himself. Like he wouldn't even save it for another like player. Could you imagine say, Steve Ballmer be, just dunking on be. dudes? Yeah, I mean that would be awesome. That would be <laughs> awesome. Basically looking like he's on a trampoline out there doing a backflip and throwing down a look like the, <laughs> the the Windows ninety five launch. I mean he'd be <laughs> hype AF. <laughs> I, you know? Yeah, I, I thought you were gonna say, pick. "Oh, just sign a random kid off the street and for like the minimum salary." No, no, you know, like Steve Ballmer will be the player. Wow, That's okay. a great idea too. But all right, so Calvin Cambridge is my first pick off the board. All right, to my to the second round now, still with me. I got my franchise player, but I think I'm just going to take the best shooter off the board, and that's Jimmy from Hoosiers. Just the best pure shooter off the board. Wow. He will transition to the three-point game. I don't want to hear that argument. He will transition to a three-point line. <laughs> I think that he's, he's the, the best NBA. shooter by far, and I want that on my team. So exactly a Jerry West esque type player to go with my Michael Jordan esque player. So that's what it is. Jimmy for the logo. Nice, yeah. nice pick. Classic yeah, like, movie. Classic movie. It is. Uh, he's gonna do all the. He's gonna get all the fundamentals done. Like you know, he's gonna play the right way. All a la like a Tim Duncan. He's gonna do the right thing with the basketball. Make the right play. Um, good pick. And I think his game is transitional towards uh, this new NBA. Yes, yes, yes. All right. <laughs> Dr. O, your second pick. Okay. I'm going to go Neon from Blue Chips. I mean, uh, oh. Obviously, Shaquille O'Neal. So I got two former actual uh, – two like one former uh, player, one current NBA player. I have Uncle Drew with Kyrie. Now I got Neon from Blue Chips with Shaquille O'Neal, most dominant force in the history of fictional basketball other than potentially the Monstars. Sorry for teasing that pick there. But I think – he himself was basically a human life monster in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, we talk about like epic recruiting visits and things like that. I think Blue Chips is right up that alley with uh, Jesus Shuttlesworth. Uh, so I got to go Neon for Blue Chips. Solid. Yeah. That scene when he go, like actually goes and sees him, like uh, Nick Dolce goes and sees him play. That was like all time mm-hmm. scene. Just him just dunking on literally all these random, random people. That was all time. And yeah. then just mm-hmm. also – like huge recruiting violations, huge character issues, but you're going to take the most dominant force in basketball, of course. Had to. 
and I, I got the high low. I got Kyrie running. I got Uncle Drew up top, and then I got Shaquille O'Neal. I know we're not building a, a team necessarily, but if we were, mine's looking pretty good. <laughs> Indeed. But Nez, off to you for your second and third picks. Let's get it, baby. Let's get it. Oh man, I got a lot of options here, but I'm actually going to continue with like Mike, uh, like you said, liability with uh, uh, Calvin Cambridge, uh, you know, with the shoes. So I'm going with Tracy Reynolds. I'm going with Tracy Reynolds, the real star. I mean, he needs another guy next next to him on my team. I got Jesus Shuttlesworth, so I'm taking Tracy Reynolds, second round. He's the the veteran on your team now. Exactly. We need that. We need the veteran presence. We need that locker room guy, right? So he's going to mm-hmm. hold the locker room together. And uh, yeah, that's that, that's my pick. Uh, we already talked a lot about like yeah. Mike, but um, the the difference between him and Calvin Cambridge is the uh, you know he actually is good at basketball. Also, another thing I want to say is that this graphic is going to look amazing. And in particular, I love these Knights jerseys from that movie. Yeah, I do think yes. those are great jerseys for a fictional Crazy NBA team. They did a great job. Some yeah. great cameos in that movie too. Uh, Steve mm-hmm. Nash, and AI, Dirk Nowitzki. AI. I remember when AI. Came, I saw that movie in theaters. I remember when AI came on the screen. Everybody screamed. Everybody yeah. was so hyped about it. <laughs> and it he got crossed awesome. over. That was like golden age of AI. That's like oh oh three oh four. Like mm-hmm. around then, I think yep, that's when yeah. uh, like Mike came out. And a uh, great pick in terms of a uh, guy who kind of was like all about himself, then became a team player knew be like basically became mm-hmm. a team captain right so i like the another leadership role on nez's yeah. squad also yeah. a great house he has a great house mm. that plays mm-hmm. great parties yes all right nez back to you my next pick is another glue guy this is this is your glue guy on your team this is the guy that keeps everybody together keeps the camaraderie also he makes plays he's a clut he's good in the clutch and that's Airbud, baby that's Airbud. <laughs> My guy, he's a shooter, he's mobile, he's agile, faster than anybody on the court. He's got two more legs than everybody else, and he will cross you up. He will shoot from the perimeter. He can get all all in your bunk. He's the most complete basketball player in the game today, bar none. And that's That's, what separates Airbud from the pack. That's twice you picked him in the top nine now. That's my guy. I like dogs. Of course, who doesn't? Yeah, Air Bud. And I, I mean, you can run the pick and roll with Air Bud. You know, he's going to be great on the alley-oop. You know, that's I think that's strong suit finishing around the rim. I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't agree more. That He's a great third-round value there. Yeah, yeah. Enough said. Dr. Rao, your third pick. Okay. See, if I was building a team, I would pick this person to match with uh, uh, Neon from Blue Chips. But instead, I'm going to go with the best player available. And that's Coffee Black from Semi-Pro. Uh absolutely drains every shot he takes. I don't think I've ever seen him miss a shot in semi-pro. Maybe when he was on the Spurs for like the half the game, then he switched the team. He went back to the uh, Flint Tropics <laughs> at halftime. Um, I think, and literally the scenes of like Jackie Moon right in the beginning of him just like saying, call him for the ball, whatever. And you have Coffee Black just dribbling till the end of the shot clock, just in circles and then draining threes <laughs> in the corner. So, uh, I, and once again, some character issues, but by the end of that movie, he really fully developed into a better person and overall better basketball player. So I'm going to take Coffee Black from Semi-Pro. The creator of the alley-oop, Excellent. basically. He, got, Excellent. he had to be picked somewhere on this draft, so I, I appreciate yeah. that. It's a foul! Two fouls! <laughs> Number two, three, with the body! And also, he's... Like all time, like moment, like a, a sports moment is when he left a team that was going to go to the NBA 
to go back to the ABA team that was going to try to finish in fourth place. Like, what? Like, what do you that's, We also boy. have to talk about the fact that it's Andre 3000 that's playing him. Yeah. Yes. We do have to talk about that. He's one of the greatest rappers of all time, and, and he's one of my personal favorites. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's amazing. You have Andre 3000 on your team. He's had an interesting Great acting player. career, too. He, uh, he played Jimmy He's Hendrix. had an interesting life. He just, like, he did Outcast when he was in his 20s. He did a little bit of movies. And now he plays the flute at random parks throughout the United States. <laughs> He's so versatile. Very versatile. But great pick. Naz off to me for my third and fourth picks. But for my third pick, I'm not, I want this pick first before my fourth. I want this in the third round. And it's going to be in White Men Can't Jump. Woody Harrelson's character, Billy Huff. <laughs> Billy. I can't pronounce his last name. But un- I think. Hoyle. Billy Hoyle. Hoyle, thank you. Um, I, th- I want this playmaker. I want his adrenaline. He might not be the greatest athlete, but I want his adrenaline where he will just win any game because he has to, because his life is on the line most times, right? And he's just a gambler. I want a gambler on my team. I have a great shooter. I have a great just all-around player. I just want someone that's just going to give that jolt of energy, and, and that's Billy Hoyle. And also, all-time uh, shot, uh, draining the hook shot, uh, full-court hook shot to get his girlfriend on Jeopardy. Like, I want that mm. on my team. Amazing. He's a gamer. He's an absolute gamer. Exactly. Uh, I could see him running the point for your team, too. And he's got a little chip on his shoulder when he's playing. I respect it. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good pick. He was definitely on my list. And uh, kind of, I'm going to hinting at my strategy that I wanted for if I had the third overall pick. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now my fourth pick. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to take his partner in crime. Yeah. I'm going to take his partner in crime. Like, I think I have to. It's it's going to be Sydney. Like, I I think I have to. Now I got the athlete. I got the person that just the trash talker on my team as well. Just someone that's going to get in the weeds, get into it with the other team. It's going to be Sydney for me. Yep. If you're building a team, that's that's ideal. Like, that's great camaraderie. The chemistry is already there. You know, it makes sense. It makes sense. Good one two punch. I have a very small team. I'll, I'll give you that, but I'll take my team as of right now against anybody. But it's off to you, Dr. O, your fourth pick. Hmm. Don't steal well, my pick. I was going to take Don't do it. Sydney Dean and or Billy Hoyle. Hopefully get okay. both and Ricky oh. Flux wouldn't take either. I'm gonna go Butch McCray to kind of do the same thing from Blue Chips to go partner okay. with Neon. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have to like approach that same strategy. Um I mean, Fernie Hardaway, right? One of the uh, like it seemed like a like a skyrocketing career that kind of like like kind of plummeted in the mid '90s once Shaq went to the uh, Lakers. Injury but run. talking about his basketball character, uh, I mean, he can run the point for us, right? And he basically had he can run the pick and roll with Neon, and uh, you know we're gonna have like 90 points average for a college basketball team, which is pretty <laughs> nice. So I'm gonna take uh, Butch McCray, Blue Chips. If that was real life, that would have been the greatest one-two punch in college basketball history. I can't even imagine that. That would have been scary. It's one of the greatest one-two punches in the NBA in the mid-90s. One of them, not the best. Mm-hmm. Nez, any thoughts on that pick before your, before your last picks? Nope. I want to just want to make my last picks. All right. Off to you. I'm ready. Send it. Before I make this next pick, I just want to say, we're soaring, flying. <laughs> This guy lives There's for Disney. There's not a star in good heaven that we... Troy Bolton. Troy Bolton, baby. Wildcats in the house. 
not only is he a talented basketball player, but he can be the face of your franchise. He can sing. This guy could drop an album. He's into musical theater. He's multifaceted. And he's my fourth pick, baby. Troy Bolton. I can't believe he survived. I can't believe he made it this deep. I can't believe it. I did not even think of him. Are you serious? Yeah. The first thing I thought was Troy Bolton, Airbud. That was the first thing I thought of when, when, we, when, I said, when you said we were doing this top billing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Got to keep your head in the game. I'd be nervous the focus of the team would be off since our our best player is going to be in the school musical. But uh, it, I think it's a good pick. He's a talented guy. You he's have to make a decision. He's got he's got to make a commitment to the team or not. <laughs> you have Air Bud and Troy Bolton on your team. Oh yeah, and wait till I give you my last pick, baby. Round five go. pick. I'm going with. I need a point guard. I need a point guard, and I need somebody that can dribble. Right. Key. So I'm going with Lola Bunny. Lola. She's quick out there, right? She's got a rabbit feet, you know? She's all over the place. Uh, pretty good ball handling skills. She zips around out there. Better picked than yeah. Bugs. Better picked than Bugs, I would say. Bugs is too, like, worried about, like, looking at Lola. So he won't be able to perform out there. But Lola, I think, has an eye on the prize. Lola Lola's going to be my distributor. She can dribble around uh, around the defender, and she can, she can get the ball out to Troy, to Air Bud, to um, – Jesus Shuttlesworth. I guess we're doing teams <laughs> now. I think. I think that. I think that's what's it's happening. It's come to that point. And it's yeah. going to influence yeah. my last pick. I. I don't know. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. Lola Bunny. That's my final pick. Had to get that. That one. Had to get my. My. Uh, my. My point guard. One of the most anticipated things. Uh. That I'm waiting for with the new Space Jam movie is how good are going to be the Looney Tunes? Is Lola Bunny going to be as good as the prior one, or is like Bugs just going to be a superstar now? Like, have what's they gonna have have their games evolved since 1996? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I could say like exactly. they will. LeBron might just take over. He just might do everything. I feel like they're going to be rusty in the first time when they get head out for practice. And Foghorn Leghorn's going to be stomping all over the place, saying, <laughs> "I'll say, Sam. I'll say, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say." You say, "Sam's just going to be shooting his gun at people." Like it's not going to go well that first practice. No, Doctor Row, your last pick. Okay, I need a glue guy. I need a glue guy. I have Uncle Drew. I got three NBA players with Penny Hardaway. I have, and then I have one of the greatest rappers of a generation, obviously, with Andre 3000. I need my glue guy. Someone's going to bring the boys together in case that there's a little bit of divisiveness on the team. We're having locker room talks. Maybe we have to have a a players only meeting. Who's going to lead the players only meeting? Bill Murray from Space Jam. (laughs) Bill Murray from Space Jam. The guy is just so dang likable. He knows how to bring people together. He is not going to be the fastest on the court, right? He's not going to be the shot maker you need. But I could actually see him late in a game needing to make a couple free throws. I think he would bang them. He's a high-pressure player, right? Comes in late into games, obviously, from our uh, records of Space Jam. Uh, I mean, I I like the positive vibes he brings. He's playing with a backwards hat during the game. So I'm going to go with Bill Murray as my glue guy for my team for this top billing. Wow. I did not see that coming at all. Didn't even think of that. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. He's terrible. He sucks at basketball. I I think you missed my entire argument where I said he's a glue guy and he's a leader and he's going to lead the players only meetings. He's he should be your sixth man. Well, I mean, we're only drafting five people. Yeah, I I know. I I would be okay if he sat on the bench and we. I played my four. All I know is that Airbud is locking down Bill Murray, hundred <laughs> percent. No, Bill, Bill, no, Bill would lock like down anybody. Bill would like Airbud will lock down anybody. Yeah, no, no you're I think, right. I think I think 
I, th- I think Bill would just like be nice to the dog and kind of be a distraction to Air Bud throughout the mm, entire game. That's a great Take point. him out of it. Like he's just no, like, no, I, no. I think dogs just naturally love Bill Murray. I, th- I can see that. Right, People but Tracy think. Reynolds, the veteran presence that we have on our team, is he's gonna he he's gonna get him in the right headspace. Dude, he's so. gonna be going down low. Like I'm talking, Tracy Reynolds going down low against Neon against Neon. <laughs> oh my god! Then you gotta well, worry about the backcourt. I mean, yeah, but watch the pick and, watch the pick and roll with Lola Bunny and uh, Jesus Shuttlesworth. I'm lacking a bit of defense on my team for sure, but I think Butch McCray could do a pretty good job on Lola. This is getting ridiculous. Well, my last pick. I'm going to go the same route as in now we're doing teams. I also need a glue guy, but I also need a big man. I don't. Have, I have all small players. Like Jimmy's kind of tall, but like I need a big man. But all I have to say is, ELE. So you you were picking the glue guy too, Jackie Moon. That's exactly well, what I'm doing. I thought. I thought when you said big man, and then you were saying ELE, I thought you were going to say Fakitis. <laughs> <laughs> no. God damn you, Fakitis! <laughs> corn no. dogs, Jackie. Corn dogs for everyone. <laughs> All these people. I want no, but to go into my pick here. Lord, Lord damn English, Fakitis. <laughs> like Jackie Moon is the ultimate glue guy. The guy freaking fought a grizzly bear. Like this is the ultimate glue guy. And true. Like Ele is such a great motto. He's the coach, general manager. And star player, or one of the star players, I guess. But I want that camaraderie on my team. I want someone that will do anything for the team. And that's Jackie Moon. Jackie Moon is the ultimate glue guy. So that's my Great point. locker room guy. And I would say, like, good for team chemistry. He'll put him in the mascots. He'll do a little choreographed dancing for an advertisement. <laughs> yes. But uh, he'll, he'll bring the team together. And then, like, he also recognizes when the team is kind of, like, ripping apart. Like, if someone calls another person a jive turkey, he knows when to intervene. You know what I mean? Yes. He knows yeah. what he has to do in order no. to keep that chemistry. The J- no JT. JT. Come on. Yeah. You, no. no one calls anybody no a JT. <laughs> also, his free throw shooting abilities, high-pressure situations. I want that on my team as well, I should say. But, yeah, but wow. he's like a little selfish as a team. He's, he, he's a little volatile. Yeah, he's toxic in the locker room. <laughs> hey, it's better than some of his teammates. Now that he, he, he said to S my C. I'll murder your family. <laughs> All right, that's enough. Oh, you can well, cut before that. we get to honorable mentions, let's just read the list off. So Nez's team is Jesus, Jesus Shuttlesworth from mm-hmm. Back Game, Tracy Reynolds from Like Mike, Air Bud, Troy Bolton from High School Musical, and Lola <laughs> Bunny running the point for him. Dr. O has Uncle Drew, Neon uh, from Blue Chips, Coffee Black from Semi Pro, Butch McRae from Blue Chips, and Bill Murray from Space Jam. Ricky Flicks has Calvin Cambridge from Like Mike, Jimmy Chitwood from Hoosiers, Billy Hoyle from White Man Can't Jump, Sydney Dean from White Man Can't Jump, and Jackie Moon. Nez, your honorable mentions. Yeah, uh, I almost drafted Teen Wolf uh, for compatibility mm-hmm. with Airbud, as they, you know, he's <laughs> half man, half wolf. Yes. And Airbud is a descendant of a wolf. You got a very diverse um, team. I also had uh, Jamal Wallace from Finding Forrester. That's just a great movie. And he's like, he's a shooter. That dude could shoot. Um, and yeah, I think that that's pretty much it. That's pretty much all I had. Dr. O? I literally had no honorable mentions. Really? Like, I, was, I was really at the end of the line wow. here. I mean, I could have thrown in like the Monstars or any of the Looney Tunes, but I didn't like the Monstars. I don't even know their names. I just know their colors and like they're kind of beasts. And I don't think they play well on their own and they're going to be bad locker room guys. So I can't take them. Mm-hmm. Um, the orange monster was a beast. The Charles Barkley one. Yeah, he was a good. He was that good. guy was a beast. 
but yeah, I didn't have like really any. I had Michael Jordan, obviously, he was like left on my board, and Bill Murray. I was kind of going, I was in dire straits, but I did need the glue guy. Mm-hmm. Well, I do have some honorable mentions. I'll just say some of the non-big ones first. So Quincy McCall from Love and Basketball, all-time recruit, similar to a Jesus Shuttlesworth type. Uh, Ricky Rowe from Blue Chips as well, another shooter if I didn't pick Jimmy. But another one I want to say is John Tucker from John Tucker Must Die. All-time yeah, dunk. yeah. All-time yeah, dunk. you're right. The flipping dunk to win the game. Like, that's all-time athleticism. And also Denzel uh, and he got game Jake. Jake Shuttlesworth, like, he was amazing, too. He almost beat his son when he's been in prison for how many years? Like, holy <laughs> True, crap. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's an all-time yeah. basketball player. And everybody You're right. Was, You're right. You're and, right. And everyone on the streets is like, like, this guy is the best or was the best. And, like, it's saying, like, he's basically better than his son was. And, like, he just went to prison and was a terrible person. But still, I would have liked that on my team. Obviously, character issues. But at the end of the day, he ends up overcoming those. And also, I think I should just mention, like Dr. was saying, there aren't a lot of great ones left. I think we picked the best ones on the board. Maybe Teen Wolf was maybe an oversight on our part, maybe. But there are great basketball movies that just don't have great players. Like, think of, like, or, like, Coach Carter. You think of Samuel Jackson, such a great performance there. And it's solely around the coach. You know, like, they do have great players, but it's, that's really good. They, they had that, I forgot what the one player's name was that was going to go play in college. I forgot who it was, but he, he was pretty good. I, was, I thought about him with the headband. It was played yeah, by, headband think, guy. Was it Rob Brown, I think the actor is. He wore the old um, and one headband. Yeah. <laughs> Ch- Ch- Channing Tatum and uh, oh, Coach my Carter. God. Yeah. <laughs> Literally a liability on the offensive end. But yeah. <laughs> that or, will wrap. Coach Carter's son. Like, you know, it's not a bad one. Yeah, he was only a freshman on the varsity team. Mm. I'm, but, no Monstars got drafted, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, I just don't want to say – do I say orange Monstar? Do I say purple Monstar? No, they have Monstar? names. You would just have to look it up. <laughs> all right. But, all right. That wraps up our top billing here. Next. No, it does not. Ricky Flicks, we are debuting our new segment. Ricky Flicks came in last place last week. So now – the new segment that we have is the person who came in first place in top billing the week before gets to choose a movie quote for the person that came in last place to read on the podcast. Dr. O won last week's top billing, so you will be choosing a movie quote or scene to reenact. So I will throw it to Dr. O with his choice of Ricky Flicks's Punishment. So I won top billing last week. So I am choosing for Ricky Flicks to play Brick Tamlin in the part when he invites Veronica Corningstone for a party in his pants. And so Nez will be playing Veronica Corningstone. Ricky Flicks will be playing Brick Tamlin. Are you boys ready? No. Yes. <laughs> right. Ricky Flicks is not ready for this. He's 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 uh. He's not too happy about this, especially I didn't, because he lost. Yes. We're, this is we're, why about, I, we're about to see these acting skills right now. This is why I didn't do theater in high school. <laughs> <laughs> we'll use the clapboard to kind of get you started. Ready? And three, two. Say, say action. Yeah, Hold on. I got to say it oh, you, you, know, you can't say it. I thought you have to say action. Three, two, one, action. Okay. That's how they do it. Three, two, one, action. Veronica, look, look over here. Excuse me, Veronica. Yes, what is it, Brick? I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. 
Excuse me? The party. The pants. Party with the pants? Brick, are you saying that there was a party in your pants and that I'm invited? That's it. Did Brian tell you to say this, Brick? No, yes. Okay, no. I don't want to go to the party in your pants. Very well. Ian, would you like to go to a party in my pants? <laughs> well done. Well, well done. done. Nice job. Well done. Very job, nice. You. There we go. The Good inaugural movie quote slash scene slash line of the week. We got to get a better name for that. Um, I love it. <laughs> that last I line had me, had me laughing. Ian, I, would you like to go to a party in my pants? <laughs> All right. Well, that'll wrap up this episode of the drive-in podcast. We will see you next week. No pants party is canceled. (laughs) We will. Smell ya. Later.